0: Hi everyone, welcome to this week's edition of Growth Everywhere, where we interview entrepreneurs on personal and business growth tips. Today, we have Adam Wilson, who is the co-founder and chief software architect, is that correct, of uh, Orbotics. Um, Adam, how are you doing today?
1: Doing great, how are you doing, Eric?
0: Doing well, Thanks for thanks for coming on the show. So why don't you give us a little background on yourself first, and then we can start talking about the company.
1: Sure. So, yeah, like you said, my name is Adam. I'm the co-founder of Robotics. Um, I went to school for math and physics. So, I have my undergrad in, I have a bachelor's in math and in physics. Um, Was planning on going to my PhD when I met my co-founder, Ian Bernstein. Um, He was working at a robot company. Um, I'd always been addicted to robotics and building crazy things. And he had this idea that this was right before cell phones kind of blew up. And he was like, I want my cell phone to control all of these robots, right? Because he was sick of the huge Futaba controllers, and uh, I kind of made a life decision to instead of pursue my PhD, to stop and just join up with Ian and try to change the world of robotics and the way that they're controlled. And that kind of set off a chain event of, you know, where we are today. And I could go into the history of robotics too. Yeah, let's yeah.
0: Let, let's talk about robotics and
1: you know what you guys are all about. Sure. So again, when we met up, he our, our goal was to kind of change the way robots are. Um, in the past, they were like these walking humanoid robots that had big controllers, and they were just kind of bulky, weird things that had... I mean, either they're very utilitary, like they're a robot that cleans your floor, right? Or a robot that puts together stuff. and Or there's like these kind of like robo-sapien. They're kind of for fighting and driving around and showing off, but they didn't really have any kind of... Anything else that they did, um, and so we kind of wanted to change the world of what what robots were because the world of smartphones were coming up, and we thought that if the smartphone was the brain, it connects them in a different way than what was possible before. And so that's kind of our premise. Um, Ian and I started together. We got through, into a seed incubator called TechStars. Mm. I'm not sure if you're familiar with yep. that. It's you know it's an incubator here in Boulder. Um, we got into that of the summer of 2010 um, on the premise of we were really just going to make we we're going to make a physical device controls from a smartphone we didn't know exactly what it was at that time right and so when we went through the program we had proven that we were really good at doing this you know we're good at robots we're good at communication protocols we're good at the back end part of this but we're not the best at the the business side of this or figuring out where we're going to sell it or how you know what so, that's when we teamed up with our mentor in Techstars, Paul Bavarian. Um, so, he was a mentor of ours, and he was really excited. He had a lot of experience in, like, manufacturing world. So, it was, it was kind of the perfect fit. Um, and, and after Techstars, we... Right, in Stars, we created this Sphero. So, Ian and I are sitting around a table at 3 in the morning, trying to figure out what to make, right? We made cars, we made planes, we made helicopters, and all kinds of weird objects. And... Um, we couldn't figure out what to make, and we're like, we need to make something unique and really cool, and you, it's like a casual game. And so that's when we came up with the robot ball. And we we didn't think that it was that powerful, but we just made a video of one, right? We're like, let's make a crappy one out of some stuff and put it on the internet. And it got like sixty thousand views that same day that we put it out. Wow! Like people like caught onto it. They got on Reddit. Like people were like, whoa, look, this is pretty cool because it was from a smartphone. Um, and so we kind of were like, holy crap, that's the thing we're gonna make, like. Obviously people want that like a robot ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we raised a million dollars on that premise from Foundry Group and Highway 12 Ventures mm-hmm. and a few others, uh Angels. Um, and that's kind of where we started. We you know, we 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 made the robot, we made a Spiro, we kinda of proved ourselves with that million dollars, we got distribution, we raised five more to kind of really blow the market out, meaning go to you know, we went to Brookstone, we went to Apple, we went to all of these cool retailer distributions, mm-hmm. and you know, then we raised after that, we've raised a few more, so we're up, we're up to 17 million dollars raised now. Mm-hmm. Um, and going on our second product and and doing really, really well. Nice, all right. So, how many? Um, that's kind know, of, no, about, it, so. it's
0: no, that, that's that's super helpful to the audience, and I, I think that's it, it adds a lot of context. And I guess my question is, you know, how many? Um, Spear is your main product, we can talk about that in a second, but how many have you sold to date?
1: Um, So, we're not super public with the the exact numbers, Mm -hmm. but we're rounding a quarter million right now, Wow! which is, that's our, that's what we've done so far, we're we're actually, we track them, which is a really cool thing in in the the toy world, or connected toy space, is we know how many have come online, we know where they're going, and what's happening, and how much they're being played with, and we're kind of tracking them, right, I mean, you can opt out of this in the app, obviously, but we track them all and and the coolest part about that is that we can track how many come on today from last year and kind of base our predictions of how many we should order on that and we're tracking three to four x what we did last year now Wow! so we're really you know it's it's really kind of exploding because we're just now scratching the surface of our international distribution you know, we we've done most of that was here in america and so as we moved to germany and japan and china and Australia I mean there's just so many brand new markets for this kind of a gadget. It's really just kind of it's it's exciting. It's how, how it's exciting to see how much growth we can
0: we can go to. That's insane growth. And you know what? <laughs> that that thought just popped into my head. It's like what if they all become self aware one day and it's like Terminator where you just have these balls <laughs> attacking you but it just like random came randomly came for, up in my head.
1: I don't know if you are uh, on Think Geek, I'm sure you're aware yep. of that site. They have uh these these cups, these mugs that say Cyberdyne Systems, right uh-huh. from Terminator, and we have almost like 20 of them in our cabinet just because there is a joke that, like, that's the coffee mug everybody uses, right? Cyberdyne Systems, because we're planning, we're making connected robot toys that eventually, you know, mm-hmm. as they grow up and get cameras and get more articulated, it's like ours are very, very smart, right? They're mm-hmm. the most programmable <clears throat> robot I've ever seen for this price. Mm-hmm. I don't know if if that's if you know very much about the SDK and how much programmability it has but that's actually one of its selling features is you know it has an SDK in iOS or Android or Ruby or whatever you could want, possibly want
0: wow okay so okay it sounds like it's much more than just uh, just more like more than just a ball that you can roll around i mean you know what what you know, can you tell the audience how it's like much more than that how we sure, think about yes. it more than just a toy
1: sure and and that's you know we struggled with that a lot with Spiro at first and so you know at first it looks like oh well it's a cool RC ball and and that's true it is a really beautifully driven RC ball but the cool part about Sphero is yes there's a low-level API so developers have actually written all these SDKs for us Mm -hmm. right they can play with it on iOS or Android make their own apps so we've actually kinda shown them by proving it out and we made 35 applications Wow. Right, so when you grab the Spiro, I got one right here. And actually here's this here's a cover, right? This is a Spiro and it has a little cover on it. That's an accessory. You know, great great margins and cool. And the actually cool part about this accessory is this is a third-party company. It's like an iPhone case or something. Like we didn't make this. Holy somebody shit. else. Right? <laughs> so here's the ball. Well, when you're holding it, we have all the accelerometer. So people use it to play games where you're like like, actually, we're about to release a game called Flappy Ball, right? Uh-huh. So it's like, like, you go like this, and yeah. the bird flies up, right? And, and yeah. you can use it as a controller. Yeah. And when you look at the ball through your camera, so say you have your iPad, and you're looking at the ball through the camera of the iPad, we can identify the ball on the screen, and we actually get a lot of information from it, right? We know where the ground is. We have an accelerometer, gyroscope. We know the distance from the ball. We get a lot of back-end cool robot information Mm -hmm. and we overlay a character on top of the ball so we make this like augmented reality characters that you can drive around in your living room so for instance if you were going to record a video of a cat Mm -hmm. right you record a video of a cat and you wanted to record a video of of like a 3d dragon chasing it yeah something like that i'm just putting to do that afterwards is really hard right like to get a model and put it in and like the shadows and where it is and but with this char- with this ball, as you drive it around, the character's kind of tracked there, mm-hmm. right? Like as a moving tracked fiducial, and so we were able to put awesome three D characters that interact with your with your animals. You know, you can kind of it's it's a whole different world than just a robot ball. Yep. But you have you have to be able to discover it. So when you get when you get the ball, there's a main app called Spiro, right? That's the name of the product. You get mm-hmm. the main app, and it kind of guides you through this. So we built this we're kind of building a new experience. So you get the ball and there's a story, right? There's an awesome story narrated by actually Brent Spiner Mm -hmm. from Star Trek. Um, He's (laughs) dating Star Trek, right? He he narrates the story of this ball leaving its planet, right? Because something bad was happening on its planet and getting transformed over to our planet and how you have to save him. And so you go through these like missions, right? And so you level him up from a level zero Sphero with very few tricks and, and speed and colors to a level 20. Full tricks and speed and colors, and it can do all kinds of. It can actually, at the end, you get like a twerk dance, right? So the robot can do this twerking dance. Mm -hmm. So you actually you level it up, and that's kind of a new experience for people. They're like, it's it's a lot more than just getting a static toy like they used to in the in the world.
0: Got it. Okay, so. You know you talked about um you know developers being able to make apps for this. So I mean what is uh you know what is kind of like the, the you know what's the ultimate goal? What's the, you know what what are you guys looking for? I know it's it's much more than just doing Spiro. I mean what are you guys trying to
1: accomplish? I mean it, if if you ask both me and my co-founder Ian what the end goal really is, <laughs> I think it's something similar. Well, maybe not the end goal. The end goal is like I don't know. I don't know if you've played Titanfall or anything, but like being like the Hammond corporation that owns intergalactic robotics or something. But in the short time, the goal would be first-person shooter robots. So we really want something with like a camera and it can really feel like you're in the robot, like you're some sort of mech unit and you're driving around. And if there's nobody here to play with, you play with these artificial robots that are coming at you and you're shooting and you're in your house. And and eventually you have Oculus Rift on and it feels really (laughs) great. that's kind of our goal but the technology sucks that's there right now like the camera technology the overall latency streaming
0: mm-hmm.
1: the robotic it's not there yet it's kind of like it's getting there mm-hmm. and smartphones are making it possible for us to get accelerometers at fifty cents mm-hmm. right or get cameras at eighty cents or whatever the price is now to be able to get these parts that iphone and android have really kind of pushed so i mean as as the technology and smartphones and other devices grow our our ability to source those parts grow, and it actually makes it feasible, right? Because this robot ball in five ten years ago would have been five hundred to a thousand dollars, right? Because there's no. But smartphones have really pushed our technology
0: and our pricing. Got it. So it sounds like it's just a timing thing right now. So the perfect, you know, it's the perfect time for to control like balls with your smartphone, and then eventually you're gonna have the technology to Oculus Rifted, you know, have better cameras, better. Better connections as well, right? Um
1: cool. So right. and that's kind of Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, you go ahead. Anyway, I was gonna say that's kind of like part of our goal is we we built everything in blocks, right? So we have like our, our mechanics. Like the ball is easy to make, in our opinion. The actual physical ball. That's easy to make. Mm-hmm. The the control system on top of that ball is the secret sauce. That's the part that you need extremely brilliant engineers to make a robot ball that can balance and drive and crash and still know where it is. Mm -hmm. So that's the brilliant part. That's the next block, right? So you have mechanics and then the electronics and the smarts. But then we built that SDK. And that part is another brick that we kind of get to come along with us because in the ball, you can program it, right? There's a bunch of little kid programming languages as well. So this ball's for fun, but it's also being used in like a hundred different schools right now to teach kids geometry and other science applications because you can program it just like with like drag and drop type application. Like go forward, go right, stop, turn red. Mm-hmm. And we teach them to do squares and come back or you know hit this wall and come back and stop in this circle. And you have a fourth or fifth grader doing that, learning programming, learning you know inline syntax, kind of interesting stuff. And it can grow up with them that block comes with us when we build another product. So all of that interesting programming language, the SDKs, all the stuff that's been made, when we make our next product which it's named Ollie, right? It's this product. It's a well this is a prototype. Uh-huh. And actually the th- the noise you heard is I have a prototype like GoPro camera hack thing on it. Huh. I don't know if you can see it. I see it, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Like Ollie and his little camera. So I mean we have we have Spiros that have cameras in them too, but we're not public with it just because it's not the experience we want. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of waiting till cameras get better and the latency technology that we're building is pretty cool. Um, so, but like I was saying, all that, all that programming, all the apps, all this stuff that we built in Sphero, these building blocks come with it. So when we build the OLLI, we don't have to build all that. Mm-hmm. It's all free. Like we get free programming languages, we get free everything that we've ever built. And that's really powerful as we build our next products to not have to start over. That's an innovative business idea, right? In, in the gadget toy world, you kind of <clears throat> have a whole new project. Mm-hmm. And we're able to piggyback and make it more modular internally mm-hmm. so that we just kind of like our products are easier to create and cheaper. Got it. Okay.
0: So question for you. Um, how does someone get into like... You know robotics, because most people are are so focused on you know software as a service. I mean, you have to deal with something that's like you know we're going way into the future, and you have to deal with manufacturing too. So you know what are I guess what are some struggles that you guys faced
1: um, kind of starting up? Yeah, I mean, I think the the working capital is a really scary thing to deal with, right? Mm-hmm. A million dollars goes so far with a software company, mm-hmm. and for us, that is seriously just parts that you have to order eight months in advance. You don't even get a choice, so the the capital the amount of investment that it takes to actually start is is a lot more scary and a lot more risky mm-hmm. there's very a lot fewer venture capitalists that actually invest in hardware startups mm. so it becomes a, it it kind of narrows you but it also in that in that narrowing process it also you be, you can become a much bigger fish and right you can in the software world you're facing against a lot of humongous people
0: yeah.
1: in like a hardware startup we're so agile, right? Nobody can create a nobody's gonna be able to create what we create as fast as we create it because we just move so quick, right? We don't have the, the huge rowboat of, you know, the big corporation behind us. Mm-hmm. You just can three D print right now. Right. Yeah. So all kind of at the at the pinnacle of all the cool technology where they're still slow boating and doing their old ways and we're just like, We three D printed the prototype of Ollie and we made it in, you know, two months. Wow. We'll make the new one. So we We were a lot faster than what a normal company could do. Got it.
0: Okay. And you bring up—I mean, you know—to get a VC like uh, like Brad Feld. I mean, how did you you guys—you know—how did that all happen? Because I mean, he typically he's he's well known for like putting into like you know software as a service type businesses.
1: All right. Welcome back. So we actually had a power outage here in Colorado. So. Oh no! That's not supposed to happen. Yeah, and actually we have have UPS on almost everything except for the router that I'm on. So my computers and everything else is up. <laughs> nice. But cool. the router's not up and you're like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> cool.
0: Well, glad to have you back. So I think we left off with, um, let's talk about, uh, Brad Feld and, oh, by the way, um, I'll, we'll hop, after we hop off this, I mean, you know, I'll talk to you for like two, two to five minutes, might have some interesting things for you. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, you know, let's let's talk about you know Brad Felt. I mean, what you know, he's obviously a very popular venture capitalist. So I mean, what got him so interested in this um, to to put money into?
1: Um, I mean, we Paul Bulbary our CEO, right? Mm-hmm. The mentor that we have mm-hmm. is that is he always says that you know Brad Felt it took quite a bit of balls to invest in a company like ours Mm -hmm. you know quite literally just because you know it's a hardware company and and who knows where we were going to go it wasn't really like a defined thing at that time we didn't really think that we were going to try to become connected play like Mm -hmm. we were going to change the world of how people play with toys and robots Mm -hmm. we were just making a single gadget right at that time Mm -hmm. but i think he saw past that and we also had the the great pleasure of having somebody like Paul Babarian as our CEO—he's very trusted. He's very two dudes. Who knows what you know? Like, sure, you guys can make a lot of amazing stuff, mm-hmm. but Paul Babarian is like a—you know—he's never had another job but being a CEO. Mm-hmm. Right? He like—he's exited. He's IPO'd. He's like—he's seriously the real deal of I of CEOs. So I think bringing him on just showed a lot of—I don't know—it showed a lot of integrity of what our company is about to do right you know you trust they brad felt specifically trusted us a lot more having somebody that he could trust right mm-hmm. that he, he could kind of really trust in there so i think that's part of it but also he, you know he's in that space we kind of knew that too that's part of our reason for applying to Techstars in the first place is he was in the human control interface world right i don't know if you know all of his investments but things like oblong where it's like a It's like Minority Report or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen that, but they kind of like move the screen with their hands. It's really cool. He's in some other companies that are, you know, hardware companies that are trying to change the way people interact with hardware. So like software Mm -hmm. and hardware interactions. And we're right at the pinnacle of that. That's like what we're best at. If somebody asks me what you're best at, that's what we're best at is that interaction between hardware and software and making it feel less disconnected. Got it. Okay. Um, and so he was interested in that field. So we kind of, you know, we pick him out. We it wasn't a random like, oh, that's so lucky that Brad Feld is right here. <laughs> we were like, you know, this is our shot to maybe get involved with somebody, you, you know, get involved with somebody who's interested in this space. We there's some other people out in the Bay Area, and that was our next choice. Mm-hmm. So let's try to go get, you know, you gotta you gotta prove yourself. Go show them how really desperate, not desperate, but how dedicated you are. Like, I'm. I'm really going to go after this until it's until I get it and they like that. So, wow. Okay. And it it it's it's fortunate cuz Brad uh he's in he's in Colorado too, right? So, it works yeah, out. He's in Boulder for the He's in Boulder Tech Stars. We weren't in Boulder. Both of Ian and I were actually in Northern in Colorado, but in Northern Colorado mm. moved here just to be closer. Got it. To, so, it's All kind right. of the old adage, right? Like if you want a job and don't if you just send your resume, you're just amongst the people, but if you show up and you're like I'm gonna work outside of your building, and like, you know, you're just kind of this person who wants to really work there. Eventually, you get a job there, and that's kind of what we did here. Is we we really want to be in TechStars. We want we want to change the way it is. It's not just software; it could be hardware, and and that's changed, right? TechStars has done a few hardware companies now, which is cool. I love it. Cool. So, in terms
0: of you know, I always ask this question to to, to people. Um, you know, how do you how did you guys acquire your first
1: hundred customers? Um, uh, those super easy. Just a YouTube video, probably. <laughs> yeah. Right? Put it re- reserve now in a YouTube video. Um, our, the bigger question is, how did we get our first five retail partners? Let's do right? that. Right? Apple and Brookstone and like, how did you get that? That is actually from CES. So the Consumer Electronics Show. Mm-hmm. It's vital to a company like ours or another uh, a, a company that's trying to be in retail. Right, because all the buyers from Best Buy and Target and everywhere, they're all in one place. Mm -hmm. And to do a good showing there, to show, to make them believe that you're gonna, you know, their store will be better with your product in it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's what we did. We showed up to CES and on a whip, we had one or two prototype balls. It was very sketchy and, you know, dangerous kind of. You're gonna show the buyer of Best Buy and he's gonna either hate it or love it. And that makes you so. And then you have to wait till next year to talk to them again or something. So, Mm -hmm. but CES is a huge deal for a company like ours. Got it.
0: So, how big were those? I mean, how big did those those five partnerships really mean to you guys?
1: Um, they're quite huge. I would say that forty percent of our business is probably from the top five people. So, you have like an a Brookstone, Apple. There's actually some other stores internationally now that are really. Powerful, um, marbles, a few other companies like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say they do forty to fifty percent of our business. So enormous. Got it. But it's also really cool to be an impact on their business, right? You, you, um, being in Brookstone, they're a lot more open than Apple. Is Apple kind of is you do with? You either sell one product or you don't. But yeah. Brookstone's kind of interacts with you on how to do it better and how to display it better. I've and seen it. They have them rolling around all all over
0: Santa Monica. So
1: yeah, I mean <laughs> they 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 work with you, right? They and we've built a relationship. And and being a small company, we I think we do that better than a big company, right? Mm. The it's just we seem we're young and and ready to go, and we're at you know we'll make all of the tracks for you. And, yeah. You know, we'll come out personally or whatever, and doing that, it's built a great relationship. So, that's yeah, it. huge. Cool.
0: So, forty percent, forty percent of your business comes from those partnerships, or you know, the, the the big guys, right? And
1: then, so how how else are you guys marketing it today? How, how are you guys growing? Um, well, I mean, like I said, international is a huge area, right? So, you know, we open up in we've opened up in Japan and Singapore and China and Hong Kong and and some of those markets, and just opening up, you know, just barely prying under the lid of that, opening it up, has, you know, we see this enormous influx because it's a new product there. They've never even seen it. They don't even right, it's not like here here Sphere is kind of the old news now. I mean, it's been around for three years or so and we're making more new products and it's kind of you know, it's it's cool, but it's they're they've been around, people know what it is. And when, you know, you open up in a brand new market, there's always those early adopters who flood it. You know, I want to be the first guy to have a robot ball controlled from a smartphone in Japan and they are. So it's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, just small partnerships too. Like, you know, maybe not small, but you know, Radio Shack's redoing themselves. Um, they want to go more maker DIY. And so we'll probably put our product in there and see how that does because they're willing to do the assisted selling where they kind of put the, put a track out like Brookstone Mm -hmm. because if, this product is hard to sell when you see it on a shelf, but yeah. if you see it driving and you see, especially if you see a child playing with it, it's it's easy for a parent to buy it, right? Because it, well, my kid could learn programming, and, and the main app helps you learn that, and there's a lot of cool reasons when you see it working, right? When you see somebody playing, but not when it's on a shelf. So. Got it. You know that that new prototype that you
0: showed us. I mean, what you know, what's going to be new about that? What what are the, the big features? I guess.
1: Big benefits. Um, <laughs> So I mean, this one, so it, 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 I don't want to give away too many secrets of what's going to come out because it is kind of secretive of what the software will do. Uh-huh. But this one has like this little snap-on thing. These things, this one has a GoPro, but the other ones have like infrared shooters, right? So you can shoot at each other. So eventually you'll be able to play like these multiplayer tag games. Oh, that's crazy. Right, <laughs> shooting each other and driving, and they drift. So specifically, I'll give it away a little bit. This is very much like a skateboard. So we've we figured out how to drift. we figured out how to, like, its name is Ollie, okay? Mm-hmm. So we figured out how to, like, hop and jump and rail slide. And we've actually figured it all out how to do it computer-assisted. So it makes the user feel like this amazing, I'm like, you know, you can, when it goes off the jump, we identify the curve of the jump. And we're like, do you want to do a 360? And it will perfectly, like, time it out for you so you feel like this... This nin right, you can like almost wall ride. You're just like this awesome skateboarder robot guy, and then so we're building ramps and different accessories. It's also Bluetooth Low Energy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so it, it communicates in a different way, so that it can have um, really interesting accessories. So I told you about the shooting. You yep. could also have these little pods that can go around on the on the ground, and as you pass them, they're kind of like the question marks from Mario Kart, mm. right? So you them and you get something to shoot at the other guys or to drop there or to poison it or you know there's a lot more fun gameplay that can go along and plus you know like i said it it goes about six mile uh six meters a second so i mean it's super quick at its top speed so i mean it's a six minute mile or less it's quick so it's really fun you can that's our whole point like I said, we can track the analytics on Spiro. Mm-hmm. We track every button click. We tracked everything that we were allowed to track. And we figured out what they want most. And we've gotten rid of what they don't want and put what they do want in Ollie. Got it. So,
0: And can you reveal how much that's going to retail for? Yeah, it's going to be $99. Wow. And Spiro is 99 right now too,
1: right? Uh, Spiro is actually $129 120. MSR. Okay. So it, it gets down to 99 when it's discounted and and you have to plan for that as a business, right? Like if you if we made Sphere 99, guess what? On Christmas, they want a $79 deal. But that's not going to work especially not as a small startup. I mean, when you know how much retail takes and how much it costs to ship one and mm-hmm. you, know, you build it all in, you have to you have to think about the plan for Christmas. Right. That's, just, that's why we want to go international is be less Christmas focused. Got it. Okay, cool. So three more questions here. Um, so
0: if you could go back and and change one thing, you know about growing this business, what would it be?
1: Mm, that's a hard question. Um, I guess I think that we would have been a little bit more agile and added social in in the app. Like mm. when we started, we didn't have social very well built in, and I think that. We, we lost a lot of potential like word amount sales because we didn't have the ability for that to happen. and, and we released before we had that ability and then we added it in later. But mm-hmm. by the time we added it in, you had already lost a pretty large percentage of our initial customer base that could have shared it. Mm-hmm. So I think that our we failed on the social aspect of our applications and not and you know releasing early. we, we pushed it out as fast as we could. We could have probably waited and made that a little smarter to to capitalize, right? Because mm-hmm. we want to build an economy now. I told you you level the balls up. Well, there's these cores, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're lazy and you want all the tricks, you can buy the cores just like any other app, you know, using the app, the tested scientific app economy in a hardware product. But you lose it if you don't have it out the first day, right? Mm-hmm. Like, very few people are going to update after they've already got, like, pull the ball out, update, and try it. and you got to... We, we launched early, and that was a mistake, I think, so. Got it. Okay. All right. So what's uh, what's one must-read book for, for entrepreneurs? Um, I would say not just one must-read book, but the Foundry Group actually started their own press, so they're like a publisher now. Okay. Um, and, and they did a bunch of books. I think one of my favorites is the... Uh, the startup communities one. Mm. so It's just like how to get involved with a community, a startup community, like where do you find them? And he kind of lists them all over the country. So I think those Founder Group Press books are incredible. Um, it starts with one called Do More Faster, which is from David Cohen and Brad Feld, just kind of a business book about, I'm not a business guy, right? So I don't know, I'm not very. I wasn't very familiar with the business side of what we're doing, mm-hmm. but I learned enough through those books to know what a term sheet should look like and how. Just the very important stuff that mattered to me, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not. What What does it mean when I'm going to take take this money from a, an investor? Got it.
0: Okay. So those books were important. Cool. And what's uh, what's
1: one productivity hack you can share with the audience? Oh, productivity hack. Yep. Um. Spend the very beginning of your day having fun first. And that's what we do here at the office. We have like a breakfast and we drive robots and it's like a little skate park and we all have fun. And I think that the, you start your day with fun and do a hack Friday. Even if it seems like it's gonna distract you from what you're doing, just do a hack Friday. Okay. That's what today is for us. So we're gonna make some random thing that has nothing to do with our product. But usually it'll define what our product is in the future. So. Is that like Google's old uh, 20% time? Yeah. I mean, but we, I think we do it a little more fun because you have to you have to present it on Friday. So got it. All right. Like one day. Cool. And
0: in the fun time in the morning, how long do those last for?
1: Um, it depends. Most people are just driving them around. And sometimes you can't do it, but in in the mornings, you know, twenty minutes. Got it. All right. Cool. Like play with the robot. Buy a Sphero and drive it around. That's what we do. I'm.
0: I think I'm gonna buy one right after this, or maybe I'll wait for the new one. But anyway, um you know, thanks so much for doing this, you know, uh, to the audience, you know, this is, uh, this is Adam Wilson from Orbotics, And, you know, we hope you join us on the show again sometime soon.
1: Well, thanks again. All right.
0: Thank you.